What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 192 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? Oh, man, it's just, I'm feeling the season, man. You're feeling the season? Feeling the season. You know, state football playoffs are happening and stuff like that. You can tell that it's getting, every day gets a little closer to ice season when all that starts to take place it is getting closer to ice season you've been cleaning up any leaves oh man i did it you sick and tired of cleaning up leaves well our yard there's something about our yard that it's like a wind tunnel right through there yeah and they all end up on like right on our front yard it's it's just crazy like i cleaned up on saturday morning i got home i was up at the weight room i got home and i was like i'm gonna quick rake up a bunch of leaves because the front yard was you know had a bunch on it yep i got that all done and then Last night we had that. It was just windier than all get out. So there's like now the backyard. It's like all the leaves. It seems like that I took from the front yard magically must have came back from the tree dump and got dumped right in the backyard now. So well, that was nice of your neighbors. <laughs> that's nice of your neighbors. <laughs> well, it's it's just crazy. I think that's one of uh, Mother's Nature's greatest flexes. Is just the fact that it's just like you know what I could drop all make all these trees drop their leaves at once. Or I could just do it like kind of at stages, you know, how different trees, we have a bunch of maple trees in our front yard and those suckers hang on to those leaves forever. And it seems like there is a ton of leaves on those trees. Oh yeah. And when they come down, there was a few years ago, like it was almost, it was knee deep. I believe In our front yard. Yeah. You go down some of the, uh, some of the roads here in town and it's just like, dear Lord, you could lose a freaking vehicle in there. But I mean, like I said, there must be something the way the houses are set up because during the winter time, we get a pretty big snow drift in front of our house. Yep. So then like, it just seems like all the leaves pile up right there. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I spent my Saturday morning doing. It was 80 degrees out. So a little warm to go pheasant hunting or do any of that and it was windier and i'll get out so just get it done just get it done just get it done we'll do it a couple more times and then eventually like once they all fall that's when i call up the sproke boys in town and say hey get over here come over here and get her get her cleaned up really good because those yep. guys i mean they get in there with their leaf blowers and all that stuff and they get all the you know around the house so yeah the pros that's that's what i call them Yep. Well, uh, Matt, it's only 18 days uh, to the Dakota Angler Ice Institute. Our, uh, our, the people that are bringing you this episode, uh, Dakota Angler Bait Shop up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, puts together the best uh, ice show. Uh, not, not just around here. I mean, it's the best ice show. Period. And uh, it's only 18 days away, and uh, we've got a booth. We do. Hey, oh, mark it on your calendars, guys. It's going to be the best one ever. Oh, I mean, if if we're there, we've got a booth. That they're already they're already writing the history books. Right. This is the best ice institute of all time, unless we unless 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 we go over so well that they that they have us back next year. <laughs> I got a feeling Todd's going to say, you know, guys, thanks for coming, but. Uh, why don't, don't you let guys, the door hit you where the good yeah. Lord split you. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you guys just go back to being attendees <laughs> next year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, I mean, whatever. We're going to do it right in 2022. So <laughs> exactly. We're going to see what the heck happens. But No, uh, it should. I mean, all the vendors that they have. Oh, gosh. That they've been announcing, just some of the 
speakers and presenters that they already have on board. I mean, some of the people that are going to be there. Yep. It's going to be a show that you don't want to miss. Nope. Nope. Uh, I mean, not only all that stuff, but the great prices that you're going to find oh yeah. on things. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I can tell you flat out uh, from years past, uh, when I was in market for ice shacks, you know, in the market for uh, electronics and whatnot, I got a live scope there. Was that two years ago already? Was that last year? That was last year. You got was it last scope. year? I believe it was. Yeah, I haven't gone two years with a live scope. No, no last year I got a live scope. I'm freaking jacked up about it. And uh, truly, best price. I, d- I didn't even see anyone advertise, you know, in anything remotely close. Uh, I know for a fact the ice the ice shacks are always the best price there. Um, That's a great thing about that show is that you can walk around to the different ice shacks and try them out. Oh, for like sure. You get to sit in them. You get to talk to representatives from the companies that you know are knowledgeable on those shacks. Yep. I mean, that's one of the, that's worth it right there. Absolutely, because you can go to the bait shops and you can go to you know e- even a big store like Shields. And I, we're not knocking Shields. We're not knocking the bait shops. Whatever. But uh, chances are they don't have 25 different shacks right there, you know, right. and, and, you know, some of the big stores, well, they've got, uh, they've got clam, but they don't have otter. They don't have Eskimo. And, and the next place will have a whole bunch of otters and, you know, they don't have the Eskimos or the clams or whatever. Uh, th- this is the one-stop shop. You, you show is. up and you, you know, I mean, you go and sit in every single one, stand up in every single one. See how heavy they are. Do do whatever the hell you want besides take it out to your truck without paying for it. I mean, and and like Looks Matt there. said, uh, uh, they've they've got all the all the people that are knowledgeable on the product right there. Flat out ask them, you yeah. know, like, hey, um, it, it's between this one and that one. What you know, s- sell me your product, and yeah. and they will. I mean, they're going to have representatives from Bexlar, Garmin, yep. Markham all there too. So, I mean, what a what a great opportunity. I'm sure Hummingbird too. Yep. Um, what a great opportunity to uh, you know get some information and stuff from these guys at this at at this great show. Yep, that's what they're there for. And um, and fill up buckets and do all that stuff because I mean, and bring them need, to us. Bring them to our ice booth. Rods, we'll keep kids. it warm for you. Yeah, if you don't want, if you want us to test them for you before you use them, I mean, we can do that. That's a that's a service that we can offer. Yes, it is. I mean, we are willing to do that for you. Right. We're not willing to do it for everyone, but for right. for dirt bags, we are. That's right. I mean, if you if you buy a live scope and you want to know if it runs right, we'll, we'll take it out. We'll test it for. I mean, even just half the season for you, and we'll let yep. you have it for you know maybe the late ice season, or maybe we'll just start off with it. For early ice, you know, during the real cold winter months, you guys, you know, have it back and fine tune it, and then we'll we'll finish out the late ice season. That's not right a bad there. idea, right there. So it's kind of a, a bad business, idea, kind of a business plan, or like, you know, what about how about we how about we do this? You buy live scope, let us use it, get two of your friends to buy live scopes. You can use one of theirs. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. And then they get three friends to do it. That's what friends are for. (laughs) (laughs) Borrowing live scopes. (laughs) But no, it's going to be a great show. It is. It is. And and, uh, we are still having the custom ice rod contest. Uh, I don't think we talked one bit about it last week, but we had the week before. And uh, um, we're starting to, well, we're not starting to, we've, we've, 
gotten some a pretty good amount of interest. Uh, uh, we knew yeah. we were kind of late to the game when we started uh, um, kind of promoting it. It was something that uh, we had talked about, and then we kind of forgot about, and then we talked about it again, kind of forgot about it again, and finally we came out and, uh, um, you know, we've got some people uh, interested. And um, I don't know, I, I, th- I think we've got enough uh, – ice rod builders to to make it a legitimate uh um competition now uh, a fun competition and uh yeah hopefully hopefully everyone comes by and uh wants to take a vote and hopefully uh hopefully it's a close vote that there's that many that many cool rods and and people are like heck yeah whatever but uh um i don't know i'm i'm way jacked up about that i've actually got one guy that already sent me a picture of a rod he he started building it uh uh Two weeks ago, he, he reached out when I made the first Facebook post and uh, um, said that he was interested. And uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I think he said he was uh, he had something that he was going to keep it for for like next week, and then he was going to send it uh, send it over here. So I don't know. Once those start uh, rolling in, uh, I might go AWOL right behind right before the Ice <laughs> Institute. <laughs> God dang it. <clears throat> All the people that built them might be getting a phone call saying, hey, can you build another one? Right, right. No, so I, I don't know. You know, I mean, like I said, we, we're, we're starting to get uh, a, a pretty good amount. Um, but if there is still somebody out there that uh, is interested in building. Do uh, you think you can build one, you know, right up to the show? I right. Mean, just let us know so that we have a spot for you. Yep, exactly. And, and and uh, I know I know that uh, I was kind of talking to somebody last night, and they said that uh, um, that they would come and drop it off at the show. Um, you know, the show starts I think at 3 p.m. on uh, Friday the 11th. Uh, obviously, we would prefer to have it before that time. Right. Um, you know, we would prefer to have it. Uh, um, you know, during setup, whatever. But I guess if you're a regular attendee and you want to walk in with that rod and bring it to our booth. Uh, I guess, you know, so be it that that's fine. But, uh, I guess you'll just run that risk of people voting before you get there. Um, I guess, I I guess I'll just come right out and say, we'd prefer to have it before the show starts. Exactly. So we can have it all set up and have it nice, you know, have it nicely displayed for you. Yep. Cause that's what it's going to be is off of, you know, people looking at it. Right. Right. I mean, we're going to make it where they they're not going to be getting picked up and handled and stuff like that. It's right. just going to be a... I think a thousand people aesthetic. picking up an ice rod's got bad news written all over so it. Do I, so do I, because there's just that one that one person. Even even if we put a sign on there that says do, do not touch, it's still that person that's going, going to pick it up and do something stupid with yep. it. So. I would like to uh, sit there and be, you know, Jim Gerard when we had him on, he said that all those people right. would pick up those ice rods and... Ooh, oh, that feels nice. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> we could we could have the best, like, you know, how you go with the best pickup line sometimes. The best. Yep. <laughs> the best custom rod line. Yep. No, but uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's closing in fast. It is. It's, it's closing and it's in way fast. It's one of those things, too, like, I, we were talking about it a while back. I don't know if it was you and I were talking about it or I was talking with somebody else. It's like everybody's always like, oh, that seems like it's that's a ways away. Then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's just like, whoa, it's only like two days away. Well, 18 <laughs> days. Yeah, right. I mean, you and I were just talking before this about getting set up like with the plaques and whatnot for this. I, I, 
I sent a text message to the to the trophy guy, and I was like, "Hey, dude, is is five weeks you know enough time to uh, uh, get get uh, you know some plaques made?" Oh yeah, no problem. Well, shit, man! All of a sudden, we're we're eighteen days right. away, and it's, it's like, like son of a gun. <laughs> it's not five and, weeks anymore. Yeah, and and Trav did say that uh, that he didn't need much time to to throw together a nice plaque. So, uh, um, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to get with him tomorrow night. I, I think that's going to be the plan uh, tomorrow night or the next night, whatever. But uh, um, you know, probably give him enough time that he can put together something nice and not say, "Hey, dude, can you?" make a plaque for tomorrow <laughs> so, so uh whatever i don't know looking one, forward to it and it's going to be good yeah one thing we got to talk to todd about though is like are, are we going to need bodyguards or security you haven't thought about that have you well i mean i have have i, you? Have. I mean i'll just I mean, we're probably pretty, bring my we're regular all, bodyguard i was gonna say we're we're kind of like our own bodyguard tough but tough i mean i you know trying to walk from place to place and yeah. having all these dirt bags swarming yeah. us i knew you were disappointed when todd said that you had to be fully clothed but <laughs> um, you know i guess that's just that's well, just some he didn't like my idea of the dakota angler speedos so you were you were gonna do the wild uh wild uh co-host uh uh calendar <laughs> <laughs> not the wild dakota girls the wild co-host i, I would have put them out of yeah. business yeah that, and that's not what we're here no, for guys no, that's no. not what we're here for no Matt, uh, um, a a I got uh, some follow up for the cheese curds versus cheese oh, balls. Cheese balls and cheese curds. Yeah. Right. So so the Dripster Ramrod uh, officially back from uh, um, Georgia. Officially back from Georgia with the army, and uh, he told me this morning that he feels that cheese curds are of all different shapes and sizes, but when you go to a spot and it's like the cookie cutter same size same look that's cheese ball he also went ahead and told me that cheese curds cannot be yellow cheese he even called it orange cheese (laughs) can only be white cheese well then i typed in cheese curds online boom cheddar cheese Cheese, curds popped right up so i disproved that right then and there but uh one the guy who drops off the plumbing supplies at work he he actually went along with Ramrod. He thinks that the cheese balls, cheese curds, you know, the the that the, if they're all different shapes and sizes, that is a cheese curd. If it's just the the cookie cutter small one, that's cheese ball. I don't know. I think that we might have to get some dairy person from Wisconsin on one of these days and talk Brad, to them. Brad Seiler, Brad Seiler. Right, I don't yeah. know how to pronounce that. He. I mean, he had a pretty good. He, he's logic. a dairy man from Wisconsin. I would say if anyone would know, it'd be him. Right. What I, did he say there? Hmm, where was that? He says cheese balls. <laughs> cheese balls. Come to Wisconsin and order some cheese balls and wash it down with a nice cold speckled bovine. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to eat fresh cheese curds is to get them fresh and let them get to room temperature and start to. Su- start to sweat a little or deep fry them let's face it deep frying makes everything better i think we'll have to ask brad what what's the difference i mean he's a he's a wisconsin dairy man uh i would say if anyone's gonna know it's him well anybody that calls spotted cow speckled Speckled bovine i mean (laughs) you know it you gotta be six speckled cows deep sir 
you spotted cows spotted right. cows deep <laughs> in order to call it a speckled bovine you walk into a bar in wisconsin and you say hey i'll take a speckled bovine they'll be like oh this all right this is one of us that that lady behind the behind the bar winks at you yeah. she grabs you one yep she has the she, extra cold cooler she has a little kind of mullet perm with a aaron rogers jersey on and what's her name <laughs> um glenda glenda yeah <laughs> That's her name, Glenda. Glenda. <laughs> her 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 husband is back there, by the pull tabs. Exactly. He's the one smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? In the bar. Right. In the bar. This is a non-smoking bar legally, but but when you own it, you do what you yeah. want. What's his name? Um, her name's Glenda. What's a good Wisconsin name? Kurt, I don't know. Kurt? Yeah. I was thinking Howard. 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 <laughs> Howard and Glenn. Howard, yeah. <laughs> and they got a fun to say last name. Oh, yeah. Always do. Always do. So, so anyways, you know, Ramrod, we, we got that figured out. But uh, later on um, at, at work today, and, and all the wildest things always come up at work, and it always seems like they involve food. But uh, we were talking about odd pairings. Odd pairings. Now, Jeremy Clausen, my neighbor, Jeremy K, his like favorite meal, and this is crazy, favorite meal, toasted bread, tuna sandwich, all right, baked beans and Doritos. <laughs> like that's like his death row meal, really? like favorite. God, that sounds like something like a pregnant woman would crave. Honestly, right? Like, I mean, I, I can go with a tuna sandwich. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm all right with tuna sandwich. I can go with Doritos, yeah. But like Doritos, baked beans, and a tuna sandwich, like that is wild. It is. But it then is. he kind of started talking smack at me because I don't know if I think it was probably like two summers ago. I was telling him how much I like to eat chips and salsa and drink orange juice. Like yeah, to me, that is like the pair. It just must be something with you and your maybe like a little citrus in there with your chips and salsa. It's like so. a vitamin C overload. Like when I'm drinking orange juice and eating chips and salsa like i can feel myself getting healthier Do you call it salsa or salsa you keep saying salsa is it salsa or salsa tomato tomato salsa salsa what am i saying salsa salsa yeah almost like a sawzall <laughs> well, i mean maybe that's the, maybe it all that's depends the on it. Say it yeah it all depends on if dewalt made that salsa <laughs> or not i think old dutch makes the best salsa and chips by the way I, I would, you know what? I might agree with you right there. I know. I know. Because I'm right. I I really love salsa, and there's a lot of different ones, but I always come back. Old Dutch. Old Dutch. Old Dutch. The best. Something like that. Yep. But yeah, oh, orange juice, chips, and salsa. You know All what right. Braunschweiger is? Oh, yeah. We grew up eating a lot of that. My mom's favorite. Oh, yeah. That Braunschweiger general. and jelly sandwich. Jelly. Jelly. Wow. Like grape jelly. I mean, we always had it on toast, but I. Yeah, so does she. Ge- grape yeah. jelly and brown swagger. Yeah. yeah. Try that one on. Yeah. That's something, too. Like when people see it, they're just like, oh my God. Like, I, I remember it used to be in the what fridge. Is that? It's like a meat paste. Yeah. Like, no way. No way. It's like a pate. So then, <laughs> so then I got this lady at work that, that, like, she's my partner at work. And, and I'm like, you know, Mimi. And, and She's a Minnesotan, so, you know, God forgive her. But I was like, what, what is some odd stuff that you like? And she says, 
I love to butter bread and just put Worcestershire Worcestershire sauce on it. Really? Yeah. Buttered bread with Worcestershire. I've never done that. Worcestershire sauce. Uh, we always had buttered bread with like almost every meal. But really? Yeah. Never put Worcestershire sauce I'm on not it. a big fan of it. I, I feel like that could get out of hand in a hurry. Oh, yeah. Like, I think with that, a little goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Like a little splash, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't know how much you'd put on buttered bread. But... God, we had, like, I'm serious. We had buttered bread with, like, everything. When we'd have a hot dish, I mean, and the best was putting that hot dish on the piece of oh, bread. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It. I mean, it's just like, God dang it. Yep. People we, look at you like, what are you doing? But it's just like, oh, no. that's. I went to Lois Kramer's growing up, and, and she used to live out on the farm south of town. And then uh, I, I got old enough, but then she moved to town. And uh, she's still babysitting. She babysits my nephews. But uh, um, that she we ate a lot of hamburger helper, a yep. lot of... Uh, um, you know, casseroles, hot dishes, whatever, but always had buttered bread on the side. And I remember like goulash, oh, like goulash, goulash and, oh, onto yeah. a, yeah. oh my God. That's, I don't know why there's not restaurants that don't have goulash sandwiches. It, I mean, I've thought about that a lot, <laughs> like, and, and not that particular deal, but like, there's like all these like killer, awesome, like things that kids like at kids school lunches come up with. Yeah. And it's like, you could freaking sell that. Like, you could sell that and make good money. I know. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, one of my weird things, one thing that I love is grew up going to Grandpa and Grandma Deitch's and having this. Like, whenever Grandma would make fried potatoes. Fried potatoes. Cottage cheese on them. What? Oh, cottage cheese on fried potatoes. Like fried potatoes and onions? Like, yeah. Yeah. Shut and then the you put You put cottage cheese on there? I'm serious, dude. You want to like, know what the best way to eat cottage cheese is? Throw it in the garbage. Yeah, you damn don't right. Don't even you open it up. Just throw it in the garbage. Goofy ass. But like, just eat cottage cheese by itself. It's kind of the the. But you put it on fried potatoes. That's that's the stuff right there, man. My grandma's fried potatoes with cottage cheese on it. Like my brothers, all of us, we did that. That's a slap in the face to your grandma. No, she did it too. She wanted us. She would. That's how we learned it from. So. I'm telling you, that's the stuff. That is. Do you put, what do you all put salt on? I, I got a lady a at work. Apples? Oh, you do not even. <laughs> no. She had, she brought a big old tub of watermelon this summer. I, I had kids the other day. I always ask, like, I'll ask the kids when they're leaving class, like different things. What's your favorite, you know, book? What's your favorite this, that? I asked them the other day, what's your favorite fruit? bunch of them said watermelon i got to some kids and they're like watermelon with salt on it gross <laughs> absolutely freaking disgusting i so she she comes with this big old tub of watermelon and i'm like oh yeah you know like she she's there to share we're at the break table and and i take the first bite and i'm like what the f <laughs> like what the f is wrong with that and she's like what do you mean and yeah she she freaking, she freaking put salt on. I no way. There's a lot of people like that did that. There's people that put salt on ice cream. Oh yeah. And you know what? Just... There's a special spot in hell for those people. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's at the bottom. Like, it's the hottest part of hell. No way. Oh, no way. Man. No. Back to that. Like the buttered bread thing too. Like, you ever come to a Dutch fish fry? I guarantee there's a loaf of buttered bread. 
I'm I'm all right with that. Oh yeah, there's nothing better than taking fried fish and putting it on a piece of bread and yep. a little tartar sauce and going to town or a little mayo or something like that. Yep. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Matt, uh, did you see that there is now a Facebook page uh, dedicated to those people like you and I that have not caught a uh, have not caught a thirty inch walleye? I did. That's it's pretty cool. It is, and it is called the Undirty Thirty Club, and uh, I am a member. So I'll tell you what it says in the about section. Uh, the Undirty 30 group is dedicated to those of us who suck at catching 30-inch walleyes. The entire idea behind this group is to get kicked out for finally catching a 30-inch walleye. It's the group you truly want to get kicked out of. Exactly. Like if, if Not no 30-day ban. You want to be booted from it. Completely out. Deuces out. See ya completely out and uh you know i i guess i don't feel like it's truly realistic like uh for for the amount of walleyes that i've caught in my whole entire life like it'd be pretty wild to like yeah dudes only i it's but but really is it i mean it's not about quantity it's just about catching that one quality fish i mean you could go down to the river here in town and make, right make a couple casts one night and all of a sudden boom kicked out the club when well, and, and but you know like i guess what's the I mean, what what are the chances uh, if if you're over, say, fishing West Lake Okaboji? I mean, I, I would love to know what truly are your chances. Is it one in ten thousand? You yeah, know, to catch a thirty-inch walleye over there, and, it'd be and you know, know, you go up to uh, you go up to Malax, and maybe it's one in. You know, it's, it's crazy to think that, like, in all the years of them doing the the seining over there in the spring at Okaboji, the amount of 30 inchers that have ever been pulled out of there. I don't, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can't think of many 30 inchers being at the fish hatchery. Really? Right. You see a lot of 28s and 29s, but it's just weird that now that you say that, that I don't know how many 30 inch walleyes I've seen at the fish hatchery before. One, and you know, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here, and I, I probably wouldn't get a walleye mounted. I, I guess I would consider uh, probably something over 28. Uh, you know, the right 27 is a possibility, I suppose. But anything uh, probably smaller than that just, just isn't going to happen. But is it is it re- even realistic for a person like me who hasn't gone uh, to – really truly to an area you know that that 30 inches are, are a little bit more prevalent uh you know i mean is it realistic of of me to even think that man i should have caught a 30 incher by now i don't know if it's like uh, you know i mean it's a luck thing it is i mean for some i guess it is that's what still makes it such an elite and special you know accomplishment is to hit that 30-inch mark because <clears throat> some people have caught multiple 30-inchers. They're probably th- sitting there listening to this, and they're like, well, uh, I, right, can, I, can right. take, I can take you out and catch you. you yep. know, the chances of us catching a 30-inch walleye are you know, pretty darn good. I mean, we might catch some 28s and some 29s, but, I mean, there's definitely a chance of catching a 30 or a 30-plus-incher. Yep. But then there's other people like where you're getting at that saying, you know, I've fished all these years. And I've never caught a 30-inch walleye. 
because I've only fished in this area. And, you know, in our area of the country, there doesn't seem to be as many or you don't hear as, as many yep. as many being caught as you do up in like the northern part of Minnesota. Right. Or even the central part of Minnesota or the northeastern part of South Dakota. Yep. I've got a neighbor and, and I saw a picture of this neighbor. And uh, at some point in time, he must have gone up to Lake Winnipeg and uh, caught himself a greenback up there. And, uh, I mean, this thing was every bit of 28 inches. I mean, if I found out it was 31 inches, it wouldn't be like, you know, no way. It'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I believe that. I mean, this was a, I mean, this was a fish. I guess I can't speak for sure. But, I mean, I've got a feeling that this dude's caught less than... I wouldn't be surprised one bit to find out this dude's caught less than 20 walleyes in his whole entire life. Right. One of them just happened to be that, you know, and, and maybe he's caught 50 and 40 of them came on that trip. I, I don't know, you know, and it's just like, holy, sh- you know, like, what it's the? It's a f- fish of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And some people, it takes them a couple hours to catch a fish of a lifetime. They've only fished, you know, this is my first time ever fishing and I caught this. And it's just like, I think that's sometimes where you see that jealousy coming. Oh, I'm on, jealous, on, all right. Well, online, you know, yeah. like somebody will post that and be like, oh, first time ever out walleye fishing, I caught this. And the dude that's been fishing for 30 plus years is right. there like, you son of a gun. Yep. It's like, I've got a, you. I've got another <laughs> dude, uh, um, his stepmom, my mom are friends. This last weekend, he was up at Lake Winnipeg, and I think he caught three 30-inch walleyes. Jeez. Three in one weekend. I mean, I, I'm... I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's a fisherman. I think he, you know, gets out fishing when he can and whatever, but I mean, he's not a serious, serious angler. Right. So it's just like, holy sh, you know, like, again, it's one of those things too, right there. You gotta be in the right spot, man. Right. And the right places that have the potential of producing those big fish or with people that know how to specifically target the larger walleyes, you know, that can drive around with their electronics and be like, well, there's a big one. That one's going to be, you know, 27 plus inches right there. Let's try to catch that one and know the techniques and all that stuff to to give yourself a higher percentage of catching that fish. I mean, anybody can just troll around the lake and, like you said, maybe get lucky and, and pop one off. But there's some guys that have truly have a special gift that can go out there and, you know, know where in the lake to find these big fish, how to target them, when to target them, and stuff like that. So, Do you, do you think that that's just a, a knowing where they're going to be right now, or is that yeah. an electronics deal? It's a both. It's a combination. It's a both, you yeah. Know? You know, having an idea of where where they like to stage this time of year or, or whatever, or whether it's the spring, and going around and with your electronics, marking and charting this, these fish and going back there and knowing how to, you know, set the boat up to get it you know at the right spot so that your bait's going to be in that strike zone of this fish and give yourself a higher percentage opportunity of hooking into one of those i mean after a while like catching one 30 inch walleye luck has a lot to do with it but when a person starts catching multiple you know 30 plus inches or multiple 28 inch fish yep i mean they got something dialed in there and it's right i mean they're good at doing something you know i i think you you see it a lot in bass tournaments there are dudes like a chris zaldane uh you know i mean he would go out with big glide baits or big you know flutter spoons that type stuff and i mean he he was content with 
possibly only coming in with three fish, but they were going to be bit three big fish. Yeah. Do you do you think that that you know in the bass fishing world does that correlate also over to the walleye world? Uh, I mean, you you know I, I'm I'm thinking about uh, you know say out on the Missouri River, uh, you know pulling uh, a, a bottom bouncer with a, you know a spin you know worm on a spinner rig or or whatever you know but doing the bottom bouncer thing. Do do you think that you have just as big a chance at catching a thirty incher doing that as as what you would say throwing uh, a swim bait or something like that, or, or are those big fish more? Uh, you know, do, do you get what I'm saying no, here? I, you gotta you gotta have big fish techniques to catch big fish. It is that the some, same for some, walleye, and that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes, like you can go out there and throw you know, or pull bottom bouncers and have a night crawler on there. And if that's what the fish are foraging on at that point, you have a good chance at catching, you know, a 28 inch plus or a 30 plus inch walleye. But sometimes like if you know, like throwing big swim baits is what the big fish are, are eating at that time or putting a Creek chub on a hook with an egg sinker, it gives yourself a higher percentage of catching more big fish if yep. you're using those big fish techniques and not saying that these big fish won't eat like small presentations and stuff, but even there, knowing what time of year, time of year it is, what, you know, forage you have in your system of water that you're fishing and matching the hatch is going to be a big, a big part of putting yourself in that opportunity because I don't know how many times some of the biggest bass I've ever caught or I've seen caught are by musky fishermen. Yeah. Out yeah, there throwing big baits. big baits, yeah. And those big things come up there. And I mean, I've seen little, I mean, little fish hit big baits and stuff like that. But again, I can remember one time somebody I know was fishing perch and they were throwing three inch swim baits and they weren't catching anything. And all of a sudden they switched over to, they just wanted to try a four inch swim bait they threw that on and threw it out there and started hammering monster perch. Really? Yep. They wouldn't touch a three-inch swim bait, but the four-inch swim bait, they just annihilated them. I mean, they were choking them down. Now, you know, I... I so, I don't know if that's... the They were fishing in, like, a little pond or something like that, and if that's, like, what those fish were feeding on were, per, you know, like right. four-inch bait fish. So, you know seeing that bigger presentation is what they wanted to see, or maybe it was more of the vibration from the tail, from the boot tail or what, but yeah. Yep. And now you think about like, say down here at our river, a lot of the guys that have caught the big walleyes down here at our river are guys that are going out and floating chubs for, for catfish. Exactly right. And and they're the ones that end up catching the big walleyes. Now, kind of reverse but it seems like the guys that catch the most big catfish are dudes that are throwing two and a half inch paddle tails you know well, up, same thing you know. happens in the winter time look at dusty he caught that big walleye on west okaboji that one day on a teardrop and a wax worm yep i mean how many times have we seen that where northerns or big bass come in and they you know come right up to your little tungsten jig a 3.5 tungsten jig and either take it in or come up there and try to grab it and stuff like that so and you're thinking, well, what the heck? So then you have a big jigging spoon and you drop that down there like, oh, they're just going to hammer this thing. And they're just like, nah, see ya. No, they don't want to take on. And I think especially in winter, you yeah. know, when they're kind of lethargic and whatnot, uh, you know, they, they don't want to take on something big. But, I mean, obviously there are times when. I uh, mean, right. Yeah, I think they. Chub down there. And... Yep. 
I it don't is. Know. I mean, it is. I think putting yourself, uh, you give yourself a higher percentage by putting yourself in a body of water that has bigger fish like that, that have the potential of producing those trophy class fish. And then using the presentations and the techniques that, you know, put those things in the boat. Yep. Now, one thing, you know, you, you were talking about electronics there and, and, uh, um, as I was, uh, um, looking through, they, they've got a whole new crop of guys that are, uh, qualifying for the Bassmaster Elite Series and going through their, uh, um, we'll, we'll talk about them all here in a second, but, uh, uh, one of the guys that, uh, is on there is this John Sukup and, uh, John Sukup, uh, Oklahoma angler, and, uh, he owns the bass tank down there. And, and basically John has made a living now, um, setting up, uh, you know, forward facing sonar on people's boats, uh, has kind of become a pioneer of forward facing sonar. I, I'm sure he's probably widely considered, top five, 10 forward facing sonar guys in the whole entire, you know, possibly the whole entire world. And, uh, um, he qualified for the elite series doing a lot of that staring down at a graph. How, how absolutely incredible would it be if, uh, on Bassmaster live, if, if you've got a John Sukup or you got a Patrick Walter Walters or a Seth fighter, or, you know, an Austin Felix or, or any of these dudes, that, uh, you know, are really doing a lot of offshore, uh, forward-facing sonar stuff, if they would go split-screen and they would show us what these guys are, are looking at, wouldn't that be insane? That would be awesome. I mean, I would love nothing more than to watch Patrick Walters, uh, you know, as he's chucking chucking a bait way out there and, and working it. Because you hear these guys like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got a hog, you know, on my screen right now, you know, whatever. Like, I, I want to see what that hog looks like. Like, what does that look like compared to the other, you know, two and a half pounders that you've been catching? Like, oh, wow. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, there that, is a yeah, noticeable difference. I see that. Fish. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've got a live scope and, and obviously uh, I, I'm not very dialed in on it. Like, you know, dialed enough that uh, it, it makes it fun. Uh, when we were out in the Black Hills last year, uh, we were out on a lake where, I mean, there was literally times when, when I could have 10, 15 trout all flying around all at the same time. And I mean, that, that was one of those, I, I could have sold everyone right. out there that on a live scope that day. Watching you it. know, it was just like, wow. But I mean, I, I would love to see experts do it on the boat talk about it while they're doing it and, and i i know like that there's some youtube guys that are doing it but i mean how cool would it be Bassmaster classic patrick walters is down by you know a pound and a half on bass track and and you know i mean in any decent fish would call and i mean god wouldn't that just be intense like yeah, to oh, sit there and big and it'd be very intense um i think that you know to kind of go along with that i mean i'm talking more about the bass live than the electronics themselves but i think that they need to do start doing something like that to make bass live a little bit more entertaining to get more people to tune in i think that they do have a lot of people tune in but it's kind of like after years of them doing it it's kind of sign kind of the same thing you stand back there you know they're not going to give up the juice. They're not going to talk about like these baits that they're using. A lot of them can't talk about the baits that they're using because they're not out to the public yet. Right. But I mean, there's they got to do something like that. Like in a, as far as like with a live scope go, 
I think you could do that because you're not like there's not going to be GPS coordinates on the screen. Right. I mean, I think they can give you a little bit more in-depth look of like like what you said, what they're looking at, how they're working the bait and how the fish are reacting to it. And I think that would make more sense to people like they can talk about it on, you know, a guy that has a live scope and has used it a lot and is pretty good with it can kind of be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yep. But for someone like me, that's just like, like, what are you talking about? Like, I've seen them used. I've seen yours used. I've used yours in ice fishing situation. But as far as an open water situation, to sit there and, like, to see it in real time and just see how it's actually happening is it would be definitely an eye-opening experience. I mean, I would think Garmin and, and Humminbird and, and Lawrence and everyone would be all over that because I feel like... Uh, just the same as, as what you and I were just talking about out there in the Black Hills. Like, I could have sold anyone a live scope yeah. that day because everyone was so impressed with it. Well, maybe. I mean, I feel like maybe the same thing could could happen there on the Bassmaster Elite Series. There's literally dudes that are watching the Bassmaster Elite Series that that have heard about live scope and, you know, ah, you know, I watched a YouTube. I mean, but when, you know, when Seth Fighter's like, oh, yeah, yeah, right out, you know, in front, 30 feet out in front and, and drops a bait in front of that thing and whoop, there it goes. I, I'm not saying that all those guys watching can do it the same way. But right. But they're willing to drop three yeah, grand right. to try. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, even if they could do something like the Monday after a tournament or something like that, go out there for an hour with a guy yep. and just call it like a segment of like on the lake you know, yep. or something like that with them where they're where they're showing people how to use them, how to set them up and just run them. Now, the, the next thing to add to that uh, live, uh, you know, to say there's 80 anglers, whatever. If they threw a camera in all 80 anglers' boats and you could go online or, or into your app and you could pick which angler you want to, what would you pay for that? No. No. No, because I'm a cheap ass. All right. Well, fair enough. I mean, it would be kind of fun to be able to choose who you get to see and stuff, but I think you'd still see a majority of people pick kind of the people that they always have on. Right, right. And I think it's kind of fun, like, when they choose different guys and put them up there, somebody that you might not necessarily get to see sometimes. And also you're like, hey, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah, he's got a cool personality. Yep. or, Or vice versa, where, like, if you did pay for it, you're like, I paid 10 bucks for the day to watch, to watch this, this jack idiot. wagon. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I would, I just think like I would pay $10 for an all exclusive membership where I could switch from angler to angler to angler throughout right, the day and see what's and, happening. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd probably regret it at the end of the day. Cause I'd watch seven minutes of it and be like, <laughs> Oh yeah, well time to go off and do this, but well, I got to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Piss on this. But, uh, all right, well, whatever. That is what it is. Uh, um, like we said, uh, there is, what is it, three, three, six, nine, twelve new uh, Bassmaster Elite Series guys. Uh, um, Bradley Hallman. Uh, I've I, I just kind of go through the people that uh, I have kind of halfway heard. Keith Pochet, Bradley Hallman. Um, I think this is Logan Latuso, who is a uh, past Elite Series guy, Robbie Latuso's uh, son. I'm, I'm assuming son. Maybe it's a brother. Hell, I don't know. Uh, John Sukup, like we men- mentioned. But uh, that Coop Gallant, I think that's, uh, you know, you and I were talking about it earlier, Matt. Uh, that uh, 
That's the dude. Yeah. He, uh, nasty good. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I kind of, I don't, this Joey, uh, Sifuentes or whatever, okay. wears a cowboy hat. Oh, well. I'm down he, with him. I was going to say, you can never. <clears throat> he never, bought it from Sturman's Western Wear and Tack. Yeah, he did. That's yeah. going to be the wrap on the boat. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> we're, we're in the works. Uh, he's actually going to put, uh, some spurs on his spurs <laughs> exactly exactly and they're gonna, jingling, jingling they're gonna clank because he's, he's going down the going down the uh the lake but uh i don't know whatever it'll be cool uh i don't have they have they said the 12 guys that are getting i don't think they've like cut uh, from last year no i don't think they've announced that yet hmm. and you know last year they that, never really did right all of a sudden it was just like they were gone yeah it's like <laughs> Oh. See you guys. Yeah, well, whatever. I guess uh guess that is what it is and yeah. That's the game they play, so uh not gonna change it. But uh um Frozen Pizza Review? Frozen Pizza Review. Frozen Pizza Review. Uh, it is that time. Uh we did something a little bit different uh this, this week. week brought to you by Scott Sturman's stomach. That's right. <laughs> uh I did a uh Stenslin's Creamery, Stenslin's Family Farm, uh, yeah. from just on the uh, on the west side of the county we live in. Um, kind though, of a company that's really taken off in the last few years. Yep, uh, the people that uh, live like in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area, probably know Stenslin's Family Farms. Uh, they got a couple ice cream stores up in uh, up in uh, Sioux, Sioux Falls, Falls now. Damn good ice cream. Yep, very good. Um, like like I mentioned, uh, they're from the west end of our county. Uh, um, one of the owners used to live here in town. Uh, drink probably more beer than what I should have with old Kyle, but uh, um, whatever. Uh, they they've got a really cool thing going. Uh, you know, they're they're doing cheese curds. They're doing uh, they they're selling milk. They're selling ice cream, and they got into frozen pizzas. It was down at the grocery store, so I thought, hell yeah. I'll do that. So, got a uh, Stenson Family Farm three meat pizza. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with six point four. Six point four. It's a fair um, score. Six point four. Um, good toppings, good cheese, a lot of big chunks of meat, uh, sourdough crust. Ooh, a little different type of crust. Yeah, and I don't know if that's normal. Maybe they have other ones, but. Uh, I'm going to dock them some points there um, just because uh, it, it it wasn't my – it just had a little bit of a different taste. It wasn't so strong, but it was just a little bit different. And uh, I'm going to dock them a smidge because it was eight ninety nine. Oh, yeah. And that's, uh, a, that, that's on the high end of a, a pizza. It's a big pizza. Would you call that a gourmet frozen pizza? I would I would say it's high end. Uh, high I, end. I would I would put it on par with the lots of matzas and, and yeah. that type of deal. Um, like I said, really good. Uh, the, the seasoning was so good that, that, you know, that kind or not seasoning, the, the toppings, toppings were so good that that kind of carried it. Uh, I can't knock them for a sourdough crust just cause I don't love a sourdough crust because I mean, it was clearly marked sourdough crust. So, right. um, you know, that, that'd be like me picking up a, uh, alfredo pizza and saying like I golly like that freaking yeah negative <laughs> seven because i hate alfredo like it is what it is um so i i didn't love the sourdough crust but i'm not going to really dock it uh, uh much there the, the the crust consistency was really good just i don't love sourdough 
but uh, the the price, whatever. But I think what I say, six point seven, six point four, six point four. Okay, yep. yeah, that's, that's still good with me. <laughs> six point four is is where I'm gonna go there. Um, I'd I'd buy it again. Buy, I'd it, buy again. it again. Yeah. Yep, and that's. Uh, I've had a stenciling before. That'd have be you? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, do you ever like add anything to your frozen pizzas? I do not, Are but I've had buddies people? that have. Yeah. I had some buddies that would do, they, they would take two frozen pizzas and they would cook them next to each other for a while and then they would flip one on top of the other and continue cooking it like that. Interesting. Like almost like a big pizza that. sandwich yeah. and then they would, they'd, uh, eat, you know, eat it crust, crust on the top, crust on the bottom, all the, all the stuff in the middle. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't know, like sometimes you see people will add a little bit of shredded cheese, like nah, add more cheese to it, yep. you know, maybe put some jalapenos or something like that. Well, on you don't got to worry about that. That ain't <laughs> happening. I'm just saying you can yep. always doctor it up pretty good. And yep. yeah, I don't know. Nope. Uh, so that was um, a good one. 6.4. Yeah. 6.4. Yeah. It's, on, it's on the high end. It's on the high end. I'd buy it again. I'd recommend it to a friend. Yeah. I would do that. So. Um, no well, big orb, no orbs. It's not as good as orbs. So, did I did I put orbs higher than that? I believe you did. What I do with orbs seven one something like that. You were up there seven four or something like that. Seven four. Yeah. Wow. Looking back, I wouldn't put orbs that high again. I think that's what it was like. It was in the sevens. I thought so. Uh, now I'm kind of feeling bad. <laughs> no six four. Once you say it, you can't change. Yeah, it. you can't take it back. Can't take it back. I'll probably do another one, give it a better. I don't know. The toppings that, were those toppings were good. I think that we need to get some of us together here one of these nights and just make up a bunch of frozen. Go buy some different frozen pizzas and just make them up and everybody try them. <laughs> Have I mean, a frozen pizza party. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> it's an adult version of a pizza. Party. <laughs> it's, a dirt, it's a dirt bag version of a pizza party. <laughs> I thought that we we should legitimately do that, like. Uh, just everyone, everyone make their own best frozen pizza. We all show up at somebody's house and, and just probably watch a football game and eat pizza and talk about how smart we are. Exactly right. That's living. That is living. Uh, Matt, do you got a uh, good news story? I do have a good news story. What you got? Well, aren't we going to mention who our good news stories are from? Do, 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 do. Freedom Brew. Freedom Brew. Larchwood, Iowa. For all your coffee needs. The and best. otherwise, if you want some breakfast, too, you can get some breakfast there, too. They've had uh, they've some had biscuits, uh, biscuits and, gravy. and gravy. I've been over there before when they've had some pretty freaking bomb pastries. And uh, I don't know. Still, up, st I still believe they've got the absolute best coffee in the whole entire world. I've never had a coffee that's better than theirs. And uh, like I said, I've been in that shop. After hours, Austin's showing me what he's got going, what he's brewing up for the next big thing. And I'm telling you guys, it's, like these, these ingredients are, I mean, the, most, most businesses go, you know, like, oh, man, where can we cut costs? Like, you know, man, I know that this is a little bit better, but we're going to, you know, we can get this over sacrifice here. Sacrifice taste for cutting costs. Yeah. Most places will. Right. These guys Not ain't these guys sacrifice the taste. They're going to have the taste and good prices. They so. will literally sacrifice their profit 
to make sure that you are getting the best. And, and you know, one of the other things that Austin's told me about too, like they'll buy this from this company and that from that company. And, you know, both of them want their business on the other part, but you know, th- this guy's got the best, this, that guy's got the best, that. So we buy from who's got the best, you know, exactly. the, I don't know. It's just <sighs> plain and simple. Best there is. Well, can't get around it. My good news story this week is going out to my niece, Kelsey. All right. Mike's oldest daughter, Mike's daughter, Kelsey. You got a brother named Mike? I, he, I do. He never heard of her. (laughs) I should have you meet him sometime. Yeah. (laughs) I'd prefer not. No, she, uh, Minnesota youth, um, deer season this last weekend. She was able to harvest her first deer. Nice. It was a buck. Nice. She was really excited about that. Called me on Saturday morning, all excited that she had shot it. And, uh, like any good uncle, I missed the call. So then I called her back. Nice. I called her back while they were gutting the deer out. And yeah, it was, it's pretty awesome. You know, out with Joe? She was out with her dad. Out with her dad. Okay. Yep. And then grandpa and I, dad might have been out bow hunting. I'm not sure. But then okay. the whole family came out there and absolutely experienced the whole gutting out experience. You know, I called, like I said, I called them while they were gutting it out. And my nephew, Coy. One of the first things he says is <laughs> he had to cut the pee-pee off. <laughs> the first thing we did is they had to cut the pee-pee off. So. I mean, you know, when you're a young kid and you think about that, it's like, oh, that's dramatic. <laughs> I know. It's like, it could be a life lesson right there. Yeah. Hopefully Mike told him, like, hey. <laughs> Don't you go around. sniffing after the girls. <laughs> right. That's what happens. <laughs> going to get shot. <laughs> They're going to cut your pee-pee off. So, No. Big shout out to Kelsey. Yeah. Great job. That's so cool to see her smile says it all and all the pictures and everything. No like doubt that. about and that. Yeah, good deal. No doubt. Uh, mine, uh, I don't got a whole lot this week, but uh, um, tomorrow my son, Grady, uh, starts driving to school for the first time. Uh, he, he was over here uh, this this weekend and uh, um, drove, his, drove his pickup back over to his mom's place and uh, left him with it there. And uh, that got pretty real. It was like, wow, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's a pretty solid driver going straight down the road. But, man, like when it comes to turning, it's like, Grady, all right, let's, let's keep her moving. <laughs> let's keep her moving. Like he damn near come to a stop just turning a corner. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not too worried about him uh, speeding anywhere. But, uh, um yeah i'll just give him a little time yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> what i'm worried to about go drop a buddy off on the gravel road here one of these days and yeah yeah no <laughs> i don't know we'll we'll see what happens Sweating a little bit there <laughs> well i'm just thinking you know it wasn't when i was 14 but uh, uh shortly thereafter um life decisions started getting made the wrong way for big scott and so uh, uh oh, big tasty he'll he'll We'll try to keep him on the street. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. So uh, um, tomorrow, uh, stay out of the ditches on the way to West Lyons School. Actually, so. that might be the safest place to be. So. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, that is 192. We'll see you next week on 193. Later. Later.